hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. I am here today with the charming, intelligent, charismatic, I could go on with superlatives. There's no need for sarcasm, Joe. Fabulous podcaster, <laughs> Mr. Mark Cockrum. How are you doing today? Oh, well, I'm blushing now after all that. That's, um, that's very kind. It's completely wrong, but it's very kind of you to say so. Deserve everything you get after throwing all those compliments at me earlier. Wow. But before we turn this into a massive loving, <laughs> we are watching The Horns of Nymon, episode three. A, yes. po- a story so great, I named a podcast after it, and people yeah. are still asking why. Um, <laughs> I have a question for you about Kenny McBain. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's not somebody we hear discussed in any great depth. So, no. To the point that my other half accused me of making him up recently. <laughs> I did hear that. <laughs> <laughs> like Kenny McBain doesn't exist. No. He's like the Why Macross. is that? Um, I mean, you could argue that he directed one of the less celebrated stories in Doctor Who's history. And that has left him on the wrong people. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're obviously not in that in that camp, but um, but yeah, maybe if he directed City of Death, people might have been a bit more complimentary. Well, he's part of that um, pretty small group of sort of one shot directors from Mm. Classic Who. Do you think they were still doing that thing? Sorry to interrupt. Do you think they were still doing that thing that they started in the sixties, where they were bringing fresh new? directors and just chuck them in at the deep end and let them do a Doctor Who just to cut their teeth a bit. Was that the story with this guy or is he... I, I don't do really wonder. know much about him. I, well, no, I think... If, but Lala Wobble was saying he'd done an awful lot of theatre and I think you could okay. start watching it. Because yeah, I yeah. see this on the stage, like you said. Yeah. A, a big booming opera. Yeah. These crazy costumes. It's not mm. too far from some of the things I have seen on the stage. No, yeah. Um, but, like, can you think of any other one-shot directors? God, now you put me on the spot. I can't think of any. Oh, hang on. No, the fellow who did The Awakening, he, he, uh, Owen mm-hmm. Morris, Michael Owen Morris, he only did that one. Uh... Oh, there was the guy that did, um, this is going back a long way, the guy that did The Reign of Terror, who had a mental breakdown oh, halfway through. Heinrich. Yeah. Something. Yeah. 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 But there's not many, is there? Mostly there's no. like stabler directors that they mm-hmm. use again and again. Yeah. I wonder what well, I wonder if because of the result they was like, well, we ain't using McBain again. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what became of him. I can tell you what became of him. That's one of my fascinating oh. facts that I've gleaned. Oh, okay. He was the producer of Morphs and he was responsible for Morphs oh, wow. reaching the screen. And Boone? I've never heard okay, of Okay, yeah. Yeah, Boone. it's Michael Elphick. And um oh God, who's the guy from Men Behaving Badly that wasn't Martin Clunes? Oh Morrissey. Uh, David- yeah, he yeah, so it was Michael Elphick and uh, and him. Ah, okay. So he had a quite a prestigious producing career, but apparently yeah. he died quite young as well. So oh. no one lasted very long that was in the Horns and I one. No, that's a shame. But they're immortalised in this four-part classic. They really are. Well, come on then. Let's Kenny McBain into episode three. Encounters <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> All right. So if everyone's ready, five, four, three. Two, one. No, I don't think anybody 
listen to these alongside watching the episodes, you know. No, I must admit, I, I just enjoy the chat, really. Nobody I does. must get round to watching the episode at the same time. I'm not know. sure. I'm not sure it's going to bring any extra enjoyment to wow. beyond just listening to the commentary itself. But I'd like to think that it's got a mm. little bit of re-listenability because of it. Mm. Did you know this is not the first time that I've done a commentary on this particular story? No. Tell me more. Sorry, sorry, Joe. You're uh, you're not. My you mean first, you're I'm not afraid. a virgin? I would no. never have asked you on. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, how have you waited till episode three to drop that <laughs> piece of information? So back in the day, uh, a friend of mine who I made through, well, he used to be a listener to uh, a show I used to do many moons ago. And uh, he had his own podcast, a really lovely guy called Ben Schneider, who lives in Indiana. And he was part of a podcast called The Tower of Technobabble. And they decided it would be a really good idea to try and break the world record for the longest consecutive uh, I think it was webcast. They couldn't call it a podcast. It was like a live stream. So they went to a thing called Wonderfest, which was in Louisville. And the three of them constantly uh, put out this podcast for over 40 hours. They did 40 so, hours of yeah. consecutive podcasting. All yeah, that so they could, they could kind of, you know, obviously they get sleep breaks and stuff while, you know, one of the others stepped in for a bit. So I, I offered my services. They wouldn't be bloody coherent by the end of that. <laughs> well, they they were hallucinating by the end. But uh, <laughs> were they watching this? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, my my contribution was to offer to uh, to interact, and we watched the Horns of Nyman. Me and Ben watched the Horns of Nyman together and did a commentary on it, which passed a couple of hours rather nicely. I thought you sounded well rehearsed, you know, and. You can't see this, dear listeners, but I am holding up a Guinness Book of World Records certificate because oh. I took part in the event. That is amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, and, and, you know, for, for podcasters, that is pretty amazing, you know. Four yeah. hours. Okay. Yeah, I only did a couple. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm getting a lot of glory for nothing. But uh, Excuse oh, me, there, you're a participant and you have a certificate, so it's all there on paper. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Do you, oh, do you know what? Right, when I started in my new shop, that mm. exact thing happened to me. I bet what, you ripped your pants. I tore my trousers on oh. the first day, right up the arse. I couldn't believe it. I was so embarrassed. All these new people I was working with. Mm. No, well, Marla <laughs> <laughs> Ward is brandishing a gun right she now. She really is. She's she kicking ass. Hot as hell. She <laughs> really does. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's it. oh, you're right. So they've left all the non-speaking yeah. <laughs> in the larder. There we go. Jettison them. There we go. Hopefully they'll get eaten. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's hope. Quick, the two principal actors, follow me. Because <laughs> 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 they'd be really stuck if two of the people with no lines uh, followed them in because they'd just be talking to them and getting nothing out of them. You of indeterminate sex, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to look around wildly at random things. Look at the second one's fabulous perm. She looks like Rula oh, Lutzka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, these props look very expensive. Aye. I think they probably pinched them from the adventure game. But again, I'm going to praise Anthony Reed. He knows the yeah. limitations of Doctor Who. He knows he there's going to be a lot of corridors. He writes a story where there's a shit ton of corridors that can be mm. moved around in a creative way. Bravo. I think it's good. It works, yeah. I love the idea of having 
updating the idea of the uh, the maze and making it a, a microchip. It's great. He has a little bit of a rant, actually. Well, not much of a rant because he's quite mm. an amiable guy. But on mm. the, he basically says he wished when you saw the printed circuit from above, yeah, it was a bit more explicit because the idea of the circuit yeah. shifts. Yeah. And the gates open and close. Yeah. 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 But it's not really visually very clear. Mm. I think the doctor says it, doesn't he, in the text? Yeah. Yes. Oh, so look at very this. much a case of tell, don't show. A lovely couple, wouldn't they? Seventeen. They do. Yeah. Oh, she's she's very much into him. He doesn't seem quite so keen. Well, no, maybe, maybe he he's. Uh, he went out with a date with me after this. I was going to say. Yeah. Maybe he was uh, waiting for Sol deed round the corner. You never know. Do you know? Oh, I can't believe I'm going to confess this on camera. Right. Me and someone who shall remain unnamed uh, created a... This is before... Oh, no, I was about to say before we were going out. So that tells you who it was. <laughs> I wonder who that could be. There's a there's a, a <laughs> website called A Teaspoon and an Open Mind. Have you heard of it? No. Well, okay. So it's Doctor Who fan fiction. And it is just fan fiction sometimes because Lucy McCall puts fan fiction on there and it's uh -huh. no way she's writing explicit stories no smut from lucy no she's... but there is a lot of smut on there as well of course i wrote this fabulous adric and seth uh oh. fan anonymous or not anonymous anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh they did terrible things to each there'll other. be a link in the show notes everyone <laughs> and they are both of age before anyone yeah, yeah up. Yeah. okay <laughs> oh he's got a massive lever to pull that nine on <laughs> The uh, <clears throat> we'll get to it. I think a bit later in this episode. The uh, the mechanism for moving the transmat egg from one reality to another very basic. I find. Mm. Oh, this looks like a bit from uh, the Generation Game. <laughs> Cuddly toy. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you not watching along, the uh, the. Uh, victims are putting their uh, hymetusite crystals onto a revolving door that disappears into a wall. Oh, what are you talking about? Have you seen the Generation game? This yeah. this pantomime is basically what they do at the end of the episode. Yeah, pretty much. I tell you what, the nine one's got a really awesome stereo system there, hasn't he? Look at that rack system he's got there. All the little meters and needles and buttons. Look what he plays. Oh, a heavy rock. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say it's like something really like naff, like the Osmonds. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Crazy horses. Hang on, I think I can hear him playing something now. Volare. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know these sets do feel quite big though? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if it's how it's being shot. If they feel mm. quite tall. Yes. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. And do you know what? I like... Um, oh, so this is only a conversation you can have with another Doctor Who fan. You ready for this? <laughs> I like how the consoles are all up the walls rather yeah. than um, boring panels. Freestanding, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, that later on where the Doctor tinkers, it's like mm -hmm. these great big pillars, but they're all yes. consoles. They look quite nice. Oh, yeah, there you go. We're seeing them right now. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think the Nine one have particularly good uh, peripheral vision, do they? Because... The way they hide behind the uh, the consoles. Oh, it's not say really it. Old. Say it. <laughs> He's behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you could play that with this, though, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking about it the more. I thought this should be on the stage. Oh, I'd pay to see it. Do you imagine Graham Crowden's voice could reach the back of the theatre? Oh, can you imagine? It'd be like one of, you know, they do those um, 
showings of Rocky Horror where people go dressed up as the characters. You can imagine oh people God. going dressed up as characters. Why has from nobody the done this for Doctor Who? Amazing. They take it around every town. Yeah. Now, this is the best, best acting they've done so far. Those what, extras. Inside the, just... inside the cases. Yeah. yeah. Mark, who would you play? Uh, with my acting abilities, I'd be one of the sacrifices. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll definitely go as Soul Dude. Oh, no, I'll go as the co pilot. Split trousers and all. Oh, well, you already got some, haven't you? So. Yeah, go prepared. That's what I'll yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go commando, though. <laughs> oh, no, no one will see that. Uh, wow. <laughs> talking of. Um... I was about to say, talking of fucking. Sorry. <laughs> Well, this pair, right? Eh, weren't they? They really were. Baker yeah. and Lala Ward. That's a very I mean, you can't blame him time for you, the show. Yeah. Well, no, she is gorgeous. Yeah. Do you think? Can I ask you? Do you think that he was pulling above his weight there? Um, I don't know whether I'm best placed to talk about his. Ah, uh, uh, I mean, he's a very unconventional-looking man. Well, not, they're such a strange couple because she's basically an aristocrat, isn't she? And he's yeah. this bohemian lowlife. Yeah. But he's he has got an incredible charisma. Yeah, you can't deny that. Uh, and I think possibly that might have been what it was that. Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Here we go. Whereas she was just absolutely beautiful and very smart, so you can yes. see what drew him in. Mm-hmm. But what's clear is, and I, I'm sure you've known people like this in your life, you know, mm. friends of yours, where you see a relationship from the outside and go, oh, boy, this is never going to work. <laughs> but everyone sort of goes, oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my wife's friends once said that we were the two most oppositely educated people she'd ever met. What did that mean? Well, I think she was commenting on the fact that my wife's got a PhD and a master's and I, I don't. <laughs> like GCSEs, I scraped through. This is the first conversation. Very much like the Doctor and Romana. But uh, you seem like a very smart man to me. Well, I'm full of. No, I'm not. Well, I am full of shit, but I'm full of <laughs> useless facts on stuff that's going to not really make me any kind of wealth or money. But I can remember lots of stuff about this kind of. But be of a massive and... interest to people like me. Well, if you're suitably sad enough, yes, possibly. Excuse me, I'm already trying to entice you back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've completely lost track of the plot. So they're trying to figure out uh, why they're trying to generate a black hole. What would be the point of generating a black hole? And it's to create a hyperspace tunnel between two planets. Is that right? Got it. Absolutely. So it's like, like sort of diving through a hole to another planet. Like a wormhole, yeah. Ah. Like DS9. Oh, stop it. Now you're talking my language. Mm, oh, yeah. Love a bit of DS9. Oh, me too. Oh, here we go. We've got Soul Deed giving one of his fabulous, um, insane speeches to his crowd of about five people. Yeah. You can see <laughs> the, the budget is... Uh, it's been used. Although at Let's... one point, they put the camera really high in the set. I don't know quite how they do it. There's a no, shot looking yeah, down I mean. at yeah. that. But unfortunately, it needs to be about, you know, 50,000 people rather than... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could do it these days. You just have a green screen and stick a load of CGI people in. Yeah. Well, they do that. Do you remember in Rings of Akatin? 
Uh, oh yeah yeah but you see that same robot about 80 times in the audience (laughs) (laughs) it's the same little bit of the audience Mm. over and over and over i'm gonna shock you joe um i quite i quite like the rings of akaten the rings of akaten is my favorite episode of series 7b oh well there you go have i shocked you i mean the bar is relatively low it's very low bloody hell (laughs) and no one's clamoring to do nightmare and silver you know hmm all journey mm. to the center of the TARDIS. Oh God! But but sometimes was... some of the worst stories are the ones that you can get the best oh. mileage out of. Thought of Doomsday I had a blast for that, you know. Yeah. Um, that sequence there where he was screaming at you know all those geriatrics. Mm-hmm. Um, that again does show just how rubbish these people are. <laughs> They're just desperate for this old empire and to yeah. be able to go around and civilize and destroy mm-hmm. you know, all the other planets. And yet they're just a bunch of whimpering old men just who can't even rouse a cry. They're kind of going, Ugh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're so pretty poor. I think I mean, this guy's the youngest one of the lot. Is that I believe they deserve to be duped by the Nymon. Yeah, yeah, they had it coming. There's no women on Skonos. Have you noticed that? Oh, maybe I will. What about Mr. Trick? Oh, no, I don't really like daddies. Like too many old men, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, uh, in the sort of half dark, that nine one mm. silhouette's pretty good. Yeah, and there's yeah. a bit in episode four, you know, where they keep doing this sort of bleach red lighting. Going oh yeah, that, that's, that's cool. Yeah, quite, and you quite got atmospheric. Yeah, Dudley's horns of death going crazy. Mm. Dudley's horns of death. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I whip out Dudley's horns of death. <laughs> you heard that Jess, Jess Jerkovic doing his Dudley Simpson? He's a genius, isn't he? He was at the BFI, right? For the mm-hmm. Devils, he managed to make Malcolm Clark's music sound lyrical. <laughs> oh, the Sea Devils, the music from that. I absolutely hated it. And then I had a kind of road to Damascus moment where I just suddenly... It something clicked in my mind. I'm like, wow, this is bloody brilliant. It's it's weird and discordant, isn't it? Which makes it kind of creepy. Have you ever heard the Orbital version by um, one of the Hartnell brothers from Orbital? So I'll I'll send you a link after we finish recording. It's so good. I'll send you a picture of Nicola Bryant's pubes and you send. (laughs) I think they were planning on doing. I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) I just tried to move on, but no, no. How lovely. Well, that seems like a fair swap. Uh, but yeah, I think they were planning on doing a um, an album of like reinterpretations of classic Doctor Who music, but it never really, it never came to anything. But that version of The Sea Devils by Orbital is banging. I'd love to hear that. Mm. Okay, well, look, I'll tell you what, when I release this, put this, will you put this down in the in the Twitter below? Yeah. It's for everyone to listen to. Nothing to do mm. with my one, but who cares? You know how these Absolutely, things go. Yeah. Oh, he's really having trouble with his plunger there, isn't he? He really yeah. is. He's giving it. He's grabbing it with both hands, giving it a good Look old yank. Look at the pair of them barely hiding. <laughs> yeah. Like I said before, his peripheral vision is absolute shit, isn't it? <laughs> oh, there he goes. The size of his head. It makes you wonder how they managed to conquer the last planet, really, because they're bloody hopeless, aren't they? Really, let's be honest. They prey on these gullible fools. That's why. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't elect these bozos into power in the first place, should we? This whole weird subplot about K9, I'm not sure this goes anywhere. It's just an excuse to take him out of 
the program for a while. He becomes a bit too useful, doesn't he? Because he's he's like the sonic screwdriver on steroids. He can do anything. He can blast stuff. He can work out how to change things. He can, you know, he's a genius. Be quite traumatizing though, you know. You got these lovely little boys like Cy Hart, who was four years mm-hmm. old when this was on, watching yeah. season eighteen, watching him get decapitated and going into. Oh Brock God, yeah, I was, I was really upset when they took his head off. Yeah. Awful, nasty. So, what? Why were the the horns on the building lighting up there? Because they could. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Is it something that, to do with the... me. Oh no, I better not tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no we're going back to your dildos again aren't we oh. um <laughs> light up ones jesus uh <laughs> i didn't realize this was going to be the filthiest commentary <laughs> i ever put out i should have known really with this story uh i think it's to do with the fact that they because this was the last of the tributes wasn't it and once they've got the tributes they've got enough power to set the egg in motion so they can get it yeah. from crinoth so what does it is the the hematocyte that is converted that's, to create the black hole? Yeah, that's powering the black hole okay. travel so system. What we're saying here is the nuts and bolts of the story actually do make a kind of sense, even yeah, though there's a logic to science. it. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's just wrapped up in a lot, an awful lot of panto trappings. I don't think anyone does peeking around console acting better than Tom Baker. <laughs> Hollywood, it's a hotly contested um, thing. Oh, Doctor it really Who, is. But... Yeah. Look at them. <laughs> oh, the eggs. They do look yeah. cheap. It's, it's a bit more Mindy, isn't it? It is very more Mindy. Oh, more Mindy. Stop. You're taking me back. <laughs> nano, nano. <laughs> <laughs> um, how those Nymon expect to get in and out of that thing, though, is... I know. They can barely go up the stairs, let alone fight their way out. <laughs> he has to get his head right <laughs> yeah. down to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think they're wearing those sort of lame? Um, towelettes <laughs> to protect oh, their modesty. God. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, well, is that is that sort of Grecian? Uh I think. Oh God, my knowledge on this stuff is poor. Nathan's going to be sad. I'm going. Oh, I know, absolute be... idiots. <laughs> uh... Don't. He can't wait to hear this. He was telling me oh, earlier. God. You poor thing. He said he's a smart bloke. He'll know all about the Greeks. Oh no. no, no. He should have got Eric Stadnik on. He would have known all about it. I'm having too much fun with you, though. No, Sorry, Eric. <laughs> no, we're talking about chafing. We've uh, we're recording <laughs> season five at the moment, and we've recently done the Ice Warriors. Christ alive! Would you want to be in one of those suits oh. with a fiberglass chafing your Jeez. unmentionables? Mind you, the costumes in both of those Trout and Nice mm. warrior costume. You know, the ones where they look like they've got the underpants on the outside. And you see <laughs> yeah. I mean, whoever envisaged a future looking yeah. like that? Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> oh, in episode four, I've just remembered, we go off and see Edward Waterfield, don't we? We do, don't we? I <laughs> That blew my mind the first time I found out that it was the same guy. I was like, what? Do you remember the bit where he goes, alert, alert. <laughs> 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 it's like oh no i'm not sure anyone quite believes what they're saying anymore it's a, it's a bit limp oh no one ever wants that no how many more are coming i mean this dialogue <laughs> <laughs> oh. but you know like the idea is there are millions of nylon 
Yeah. We only see three. <laughs> well, if this I mean, was a new you know, series episode, we would see millions. They'd be storming the place, yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to be very clever. Oh, mm. see, look, the whole thing could blow, like, every line. <laughs> Why is he just so, a teaspoon there? Yeah, he kind of licks it and he does that business with licking it and then it's very odd, isn't it? Oh, this is the bit I think where Soldi sees. Is this where he sees three? It's the or, best. Oh, well, we're coming up, up to Meddlesome Hussy now, aren't we? You Meddlesome Hussy! hussy. <laughs> <laughs> Do not blaspheme the Nymon! <laughs> <laughs> See, like, you know what? People can rip the shit out of this. We know the lines, you yeah. know, and it's making us smile. It's a classic. What more can you ask for? If you don't like this, you don't like fun. That's what I'm going to say. There we go. That's quite a good way of summing it up, you know. Actually, Tom, Tom Baker does good playing about with consoles as well. He just, yeah. like, all the sort of nuts and bolts of the series, mm -hmm. the technobabble flows out of his mouth easily. Yeah. He fiddles about with things convincingly. He's a natural-born eccentric. Like, he was just mm. born to do this role. He was. He was. Now, people are quick to have a go at Tom for overdoing it and camping it up a bit too much and just being a bit extra. But I think because Graham Crowden's going so crazy with this, he and Lala just play it completely straight, and it works so well. I think there's a few examples of that, you know, across Doctor Who. I think that's what happens in The Underwater Menace with yeah. um, Joseph first and Trout. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, there's no fucking way I'm going to top yeah. this. <laughs> and I think it happens in Paradise Towers as well with yes. McCoy, who's very mm -hmm. subdued in that, whilst yeah. everyone else is playing it to the hill. Mm -hmm. Oh. It's all right. I can explain everything. Oh, we get another one of those great yeah. cameras where the camera just zooms in on Tom Baker looking very, very perturbed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Romana. What's going to happen to her now? Oh, I feel as if the, the, the episode should have cut there. Though, <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. Boggling eyes. Die. You're meddling fool. <laughs> and no one does boggle eyed better than Oh, look at that. Better than Tom Baker. I mean, Incredible. can you imagine when you reach this on your podcast? I can't wait. Can't wait. It'll probably be about another 40 years the rate we're going, but you know, we'll get there in the end. Well, what's your sort of recording speed? Slow. <laughs> <laughs> we've been going since 2020 and we are about halfway through season five now. But as we were saying off mic earlier, hopefully now we're getting towards the end of the black and white era. The seasons are quite a bit shorter. So that means that uh, we should start powering through a bit more quickly. So that's the hope. Not like me who keeps churning them out every two minutes. Well, you're a machine. <laughs> well, that's the rumour I've heard anyway. It's <laughs> not a rumour, I'll show you. <laughs> okay, back to Twitter. Yes. No, not the mind probe. What a great name. Mm, someone should do a quiz about that. That'd be great. His, his name, <laughs> they should. He's called at Dr. Oho. No one's what? got a original idea these days. He says, this is the perfect Doctor Who Christmas story, light and frothy with a cracking good story and a wonderful villain to boo and hiss at. 
also hands a fair chunk of the action to Lana Ward, who gives us a preview of how great she would have been playing the Doctor. Mm. Yeah. Which we have discussed. All fair points. All fair points. This is Dudley Simpson's final Doctor Who score, says Dave Rennie. Yeah. Does he go out with a bang in this one? I think, as we discussed earlier, it's not perhaps his greatest, but you can't beat a bit of Dudley, can you? I think it's sort of a mediocre Dudley Simpson. It's, a, it's an average. It's not poor. It's not great. It's just in the middle. Dylan Rees, Too Hot for TV, says, I have no questions. This story is perfect. I'm on Dylan is correct. Yeah, we love Dylan. <laughs> Rod Who asks, as the comedy sound effect of the TARDIS breaking down in episode two is the only weak point, we beg to differ. Yeah, we love it. What? Oh, everyone's asking the same. Everyone's asking why everyone don't like this story. Yeah. And yet, well, while they're, they're all everyone saying... Everyone does that, like this story. Yeah, yeah, they're all saying they like the story. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, city fan wisdom is... You know, we get it with lots of stories where back in the days before the internet where people could exchange their views, you'd be reading these tomes like um, The Key to Time and some of those, a celebration, and people would be giving their opinions on stories that they'd seen as a kid that we couldn't see, so you kind of took it as read as that's how it is. And I think that's the beauty of this show is that there's a constant rejuvenation through new generations finding stories and getting their own take out of it. Or old generations as well. Or old gits like me, yeah. There's a reason why my um, listener base is sort of the 30 to 50 mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm making up part of that, so yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go out with the question from James Anthrums, who asks, Horns of Nine One is often praised for the story where Romana gets to be the Doctor, e.g. having her own sonic screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Is this Romana 2's strongest outing? Ooh, I think she's pretty strong across the board. I don't, I mean, if you compare it to a lot of the companions, particularly some of the earlier ones, she's not a, she's not like a, a screamer who just gets dropped in situations and, uh, and is needing to be rescued. She's quite proactive right the way through. I think anyway, I think she's, they've set her up much more as an equal to the doctor. So I don't think, I find right across the board, including Mary Tams as well. I think she's just really, really strong. I think Lala Ward's weakest story is the Armageddon factor, where she's yeah. playing Ramon. No, she's no. just like no rock. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love the key to time, but it is a pretty, it's a bit of a damp squib at the end, isn't it? You got to say. I, oh, see, I did, I did the, that with Simon Fraser, and mm-hmm. we really enjoyed it when we watched it together. I like the shadow; he's great. Sort of the campus Christmas, but and the layering of ideas that there are in it and things like it's over long. And again, it gets a bit. That's that's a problem with a lot of older who you know you could trim a couple of episodes off and make something really good, but just, because they're trying to stretch the budget, they have to make it a bit longer. I feel like New Who goes in the other direction. I'm like, oh, if this just had another. 15 minutes you know yeah, yeah fresh yeah. things out a little bit we're never satisfied are we we're not bloody miserable gits we should just enjoy <laughs> it for what it is <laughs> well look uh, i've had a marvelous time with one to three are you ready to watch episode four with me to watch season 17 come to a rousing conclusion let's do it <laughs>